Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard some Dodgers and Padres talk yesterday, but today we're heading to the middle of the American League East, arguably the most competitive division in all of baseball. There's four teams that could really be vying for that division title. And to, today we're going to be talking about the third and fourth seed from last year, the Tampa Bay Rays and Baltimore Orioles, two very analytically driven organizations and an Orioles team that just came absolutely out of left field. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. I'm ready to talk about these two teams. These are two teams that should be playoff contenders. Um, I'm just curious how where you guys have them this year. Stevs, how are we doing? I'm excited to talk about both these teams. Uh, I love the Orioles. I think they're definitely a very interesting team to talk about, especially when when you talk about all these young guys that they do have. Um, and I'm excited to to see where your heads are are on these two teams as well. Yeah. So we're gonna kick it off with the Orioles today. Who went 83 and 79, which when you look at it from an outside perspective, it's an okay season. You know, it's slightly above 500. But when you've when you take into account where the Orioles have been over the past four or five seasons, um, where they put up a 47-115 season not too long ago in 2021, when they were really just not that good, they were 52 and 110. They made a 31 game leap. That's a huge improvement for any team, but especially this Orioles team. Adley Rushman had a huge breakout, uh, and correlating with his breakout they played playoff baseball the rest of the season with that their bullpen was also very good i mean yeah there's a lot to be excited about i mean this team kind of came out of left field like brad mentioned i mean there's a lot of young talent on this team i mean we'll get into the offseason moves that they had um but in my personal opinion i'm not sure if it's going to be enough for them to make that next step especially considering how many teams are fighting for a playoff spot even in this division brad you want to walk us through the offseason well before i talk about the offseason i just want to preface this by this season doesn't need to be a playoff season for this season to be a success it needs to be the young guys come up and play like rushman plays like he did last year a couple guys we're going to talk about later henderson and rodriguez they play and they develop and they just get at bats and innings like you, you need that this season this doesn't need to be the playoff push that's for next year uh because this offseason they didn't they didn't make that playoff push who they lose? They lost Jordan Lyles. He went to the Royals. He ate a lot of innings. That's about it. Rufnit Odor went to the Padres. Uh, he was a really big leader in the clubhouse. Not much of a producer in any way, but he he said that uh, on the Padres now, he's the one that will take the punches from the Dodgers, so Machado will be okay. And then they got Jesus Aguilar in the middle of the season. He's now an athletic. Uh, and coming in, however, they got Adam Frazier, which, Tom, what do you think about that? I mean, he's a contact bet. If you get, if you can get him to kind of revert back to his 2021 form, I think that was his good season. Um, ever since he got traded to the Padres from the Mariners, he was not looking the same. I'm not sure if that's a, or was it? No, not the Mariners to the Padres, the Pirates to the Mariners, or something, something along. It was the Pirates to the Padres. Padres. Yeah, 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 that's correct. Last year. Yeah. yeah. Ever, ever since that trade took place, he has not looked good. Um, and there's just a couple steps that need to be made. Fortunately, he's in the hands of the Orioles who are very analytically driven. So hopefully they can, you know, fix his mechanics around, hopefully get something going. I mean, it's a it, worst case scenario. It is a one year deal and they're not paying him a crazy amount of money. So you hope to get, you hope to get some production out of him, maybe flip him at the deadline. I'm not sure what this team's plan is because they did sell a little bit at the deadline last season. Um, but I, I think it's a good move. I think there was, it's just a lack of, um, you know, depth in this, in this off season. There's only a couple moves to go over. Yeah. And at the trade deadline last year, as Tom mentioned, they traded away Jorge Lopez, who was looking like a top five reliever in baseball at the time. He went to the twins. He didn't really succeed uh, to the degree that the twins had hoped they would, but it opened the door for Felix Bautista, who by stuff plus was the best reliever in baseball last year. 
uh, you know, the mountain among men. He literally looks like a mountain. I think that is his nickname. Um, and it he kind of shores up what's actually a pretty decent bullpen. They reassured that bullpen by getting Michael Givens one year, 5 million. They brought him back from a couple of seasons ago. Michael Givens, solid reliever, not going to blow you away, but you know what? The Orioles might blow him away. Uh, they got James McCann and cash from the New York Mets for a player to be named later. Cool. He got, actually had the Rutschman got a backup and they got to pay a fourth of his contract. So I'm fine with that. You guys. I mean, it, I mean, it's just it's just depth, and I mean, James McCann was a very good offensive player three seasons ago, I believe, on the White Sox. He just has not looked like that in a while. I hope they can help him out a little bit. I think it's gonna be good to give Rushman those rests and maybe have him play DH a couple days, um, so that way it's not putting as much stress on his knees and stuff like that. Yeah, and their last move was actually a trade that I found quite interesting. They acquired Colt Irvin and Kyle Kyle Bisky. From the Oakland Athletics for Daryl Hernandez, Hernandez, excuse me. Um, I really like this move. I think Cole Irvin's always had a ceiling. We've always seen flashes of his success, and I think the Orioles might be the team to actually like to gather it. But it's also an Athletics being a poverty franchise and trading away yet another good player. Yeah, I mean, when when you expect like these big offseason moves, I mean, people at the beginning of the offseason were talking about Carlos Correa, you know, Xander Bogarts, these big names going to the Orioles, and you come back with these guys. I mean, there was even good free agent pitching on the on the uh, on the market too, and they, I mean, coming back with Cole Irvin is a little bit, and Kyle Gibson is a little underwhelming, coming from an organization that a lot of people thought were going to buy. I, Brad, I know you, the plan is to just you know let the rookies play a little bit, but I think we are approaching the point where they should be trying to contend, and obviously we did not see that that drive from the management this offseason. Um, I think it was a better move. I don't know if it was a better move, but I think it wasn't the worst decision for them to hold off. Um, I, I think if, especially since they struck out with all the pitching, if they went out and got like a Rodon, I think it w- probably would have been a good idea to kind of push a little harder for one of those short, uh, highly touted shortstops, but they kind of struck out in the pitching department. So I think um, with, with Kyle Gibson being the kind of their like flash best pitcher that they got, um, I think it's better to hold off, see how those young guys do develop this year. If you guys still are around a, or like maybe pushing the playoffs or wild card or something, maybe look at a trade deadline deal or try and get Aaron Nola or Julio Urias next off season. Yeah, I I've been sticking with the idea of them getting Aaron Nola for a while now. Um, I would like. I, that. Yeah, and they have the money to do it. They're one of the lowest payrolls in baseball this year, and here we are talking up this team, right? Like a bunch of young guys, low payroll, not really any veterans under contract anymore. They got rid of Chris Davis. Um, I think they still have to pay him, but I think it's kind of like you're, it's a good thing they're paying him to not be on their team. Um, yeah. I, I like where the Orioles are at right now. They just really need to at least maintain where they were last year. And are they going to do that with this rotation? Um, I mean, I think they will. I mean, you got Kyle Gibson, you got Cole Irvin. You got Kyle Bradish, Dean Creamer, and Grayson Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, Brad, Brad, did I miss Dean Creamer? Kramer. I like the Creamer. Okay. <laughs> and then you got you got you got John Means on the IL right now. Uh he obviously has shown flashes of potential. Um, I'm not sure the timetable for that injury, but um it should be before is it before the all-star break, correct? Oh yeah, before. Yeah. So I, I that that is not a bad starting rotation with with you know, considering everything, but it's not a, a rotation that you would say is dominant. 
I, you, you kind of hope that everyone can stay healthy for a full season. I know Grayson Rodriguez dealt with some injuries in the minors last season. John Means has been off the field quite a bit in the last three seasons. Um, those two guys are the guys I'm most worried about in this rotation. These other guys are more like role players. There's not a standout, you know, ace in this rotation. I think the real X factors for this rotation are going to be Rodriguez, Kramer, and Irvin. You'll see how – we need to see how the Orioles can turn Irvin if they can get the upside that they want out of him. Uh, and then Kramer, we kind of need to see him bring it actually for a full season. And then Rodriguez, we need to see him, you know, be healthy and actually be on the field and produce at a high level if we think he can. Yeah, and I'd like to talk about Kyle Bradish just for a minute. Like, he he was horrible to start the year last year. He entered the month of June or finished the month of June with a 738 ERA. Um, he got sent down to the minor leagues for over a month. And when he came back up for his last one, six, uh, his last 13 starts of the season, he posted a 360 ERA, which isn't by any means like a great thing. But when you're going from a 73 to a 36, you know something went right in his minor league development, and he could be a solid three or four piece in this rotation. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've talked about him a lot. Grayson Rodriguez has the potential to become an ace. I mean, he has all the tools necessary. Um, just kind of has to prove it at the major league level. He's only gotten a couple innings at the at the major league level, correct? No. None. No, I thought he got, I thought he got a chance to pitch at the end. No, no he, he was hurt. Injured. He was hurt yeah, at the end right. of last season, so they didn't pull him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm checking to see how he's doing in spring training right now. I know it was a little bit rough. Um, Grayson Rodriguez this spring, he has thrown seven two thirds innings. He struck out eleven batters. He's walked five though. You don't like um, the walks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he is a power pitcher, so the walks might be a little higher. Um, I'm not too worried about it. I'm more worried about his health. He's got the stuff, as Brad mentioned, so he, if he's what, on the field, he'll be all right. What was the injury last year? Was it a grade it two latch strain? Yeah. Mm, he should be fine. Um, But let's head over to this bullpen. So they got Felix Bautista, of course. Uh, Sino Perez, Michael Givens, Keegan Atkin, Brian Baker, Tyler Wells, Andrew Pilotti. Uh, and Austin Voth, and then Dylan Tate's injured. What do we see from this bullpen outside of, like, obviously Michael Bautista? Michael Bautista? <laughs> Steph? Felix, what? Did I've read two different names. I'm sorry. <laughs> Felix Bautista. Um, um, right, go ahead. I think it's it's a top 10 bullpen in baseball, and I will stand by that. You've got Keegan uh, Aiken, who's, who's a good middle relief pitcher can eat a couple innings i'm surprised they don't have dl hall on here at all honestly he was up last year i could see him in a one or two uh, inning relief spot i don't think he's gonna be much of a starter dylan tate felix bautista cno perez both are all three of them very very good last year michael givens is a quality reliever i really like this bullpen Honestly, yeah. if you if you like made all these guys free agents, I'm not sure which teams would target these guys. They just seem to like they, they don't there's not really a, like a standout guy other than Bautista. They all just seem to function pretty well in this bullpen. I don't know. It, it's not it's it's scrappy to me because a lot of these guys names you just started to, you know, know last season and they're all just coming on the scene now. And Brad, I do agree with you. D.L. Hall should be in this bullpen. I, I, I believe he will be right. Let me, let me I, double check. I mean... It's his, this is from Fangraphs, the list I have on this document, but he's not yeah. on it right now. Um, and then they have Austin Voth, who on the Nationals, steps you can attest to, it wasn't he's very good. Terrible. He and also it, he had a rocky outing in spring training. He had a rocky couple outings. So 
It's spring training. And maybe he's just he's just ironing out a couple of things, but yeah, yeah he then, was he was atrocious on the Nationals. And he gets DFA'd. He gets sent to the Orioles, and in twenty two starts, he's fantastic. He posts a sub three ERA. It's just flip of the switch on the Orioles, and he starts succeeding. I mean, and, and that's what happens when you have an analytically driven team and good coaching behind you. Yeah, uh, and they use him yeah. as a starter as well. So a worst-case scenario, one of these starters go down, you have Austin both right there to take over. Yeah, and I, I don't know if this is more of a Cinderella run more than anything, but it could be something analytically driven that fixed him. I mean, he is coming from the Washington Nationals who, uh, who do not have – Bottom five analytic team, and also Jim Hickey, um, worst pitching coach in baseball. So it's like you're really not going to get you're not going to get much out of him. But I think the Orioles are doing their best to maximize him. I think this is probably the peak version of him, though. It's not going to be like this Cy Young like dominant guy. But this is a this is a guy that can fit in that five spot in the rotation and be pretty effective. I agree. I like it. I think this bullpen's really solid, and I don't hate the pitching. I wish there was someone else though in that starting rotation. I definitely agree with that. Another guy that you could rely on would definitely be very, very attractive, um, which is why I think if they are somewhat competitive at the deadline, um, going out and maybe trading a couple of your top prospects to get like a Corbin Burns type guy might not be the worst idea in the world. Yeah, I mean, I just want to, uh, you know, let's let's relook at history here. The the Orioles rebuild is going very similarly to the Astros rebuild and how it, it kind of functioned. And it seems like every step of the way has been very similar to this this Astros rebuild. The only thing is in the season that is it the season that they were contending? Yeah, the season that they were contending, they went out and got Justin Verlander, and that was really the difference maker for this team. And that was what drove them to win a World Series and become one of the best teams in baseball. So and I think that that's the missing piece for this Orioles team is maybe a a really aggressive trade deadline, you know, a, acquiring some starting pitching, some someone to like, you know, step up in this bullpen. I mean, this rotation mm-hmm. that it would that's the step that that drove the Astros to World Series uh, contention. And it will be the same for the Orioles. Yeah. So I mean, you make that Astros cop. Sorry, Sebs, you go real quick. Then I'll make that. You good. I mean, a one two punch of, of Grayson Rodriguez and like a Corbin Burns type player would absolutely go crazy. Not to mention having guys like Kyle Gibson, Cole Urban, and, and John Means to to take out those last three spots. Like that's that's a solid rotation. It's probably a top 15 in baseball if you look at it like that. So I definitely think. I think it's in the best interest of the Orioles to look and shop maybe like a Jackson Holiday type player to get a Corbin Burns. I don't think you can deal Jackson Holiday, but not yet. Go ahead. With the Astros rebuild, and we'll move on to the lineup. They had three seasons of 56 or less wins. Then they had a 70 and 92 season. Then they jumped to 86 and 76. I feel like we're kind of in between those two records right now. Um, And then the Astros in 2016 kind of regressed just a little bit maybe we're there right now and then in 2017 they went out and won the world series so if their gm which came from that astros team yeah um is following the same format put some money on the orioles winning in 24 or 25 uh, that's exactly so, what i'm saying we're yes. right we're right we're right there so, so, so what's that lineup 
All right, so you got Cedric Mullins leading off in center field. Adley Rushman behind the dish. Gunnar Henderson's going to be over at third base. Anthony Santander in right field. Brian Mountcastle at first base. Kyle Stowers at DH. Austin Hayes in left. Adam Frazier at second. And Jorge Mateo at shortstop. Your bench takes up James McCann, Ramon Urias, Taryn Vavra, and Ryan McKinnon. It's a solid lineup. I mean, there's a, there's a moment of silence as we we kind of process this. It's a very solid lineup. It's I, I'm not sure. I, I think a lot of us are relying on this future. You know, you got younger guys on this team that you know haven't shown this for a whole season. But there's a lot of potential in this lineup to be one of the best in baseball. And not only that, they can also field pretty well. I mean, everyone in this lineup is on the better side of the uh, defense, other than Anthony Santander. Everyone's on the better side defensively. So it's a pretty complete team. You know, Cedric can steal you 30 bags too. Um, and Santander definitely makes up for for his lack of defense on, on both sides of the offensive ball. So I definitely think I, I think Santander it, Santander is very good. And if they aren't succeeding, maybe shopping him at the deadline might be a good idea to get more prospects. But I don't think they would do that. Um, he's what team is he on in the World Baseball Classic? Because he's Venezuela. He was, Venezuela. He was he was he was raking for them as well. Um, I mean, outside of that, you got Ryan Mountcastle. I think we he's a guy that like kind of could have a bounce back type season uh, this year. Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins is always going to come and bring it every single day. Adley Rushman again is their franchise cornerstone, and we need to see what Gunnar Henderson can do. Past that, I mean, Austin Hayes does what he does best. Need a bounce back from Adam Frazier. Jorge Mateo is very good. And then your DH is Kyle Stowers. I'm... What do you think about that, Brad? Uh, I think he's he didn't really get many at-bats last year, 98 at-bats last year, and it's really not a good sample size to understand the guy. He hits the ball pretty hard. Uh, he really only hit against right-handed pitchers, so we don't know what he's like as a lefty against lefties. Uh, I think Austin Hayes has a lot of potential through the month of July or before July began last year, he had a 753 OPS. Then he kind of just tailed off throughout the rest of the year. Uh, if he can maintain that an entire year, another depth, more depth to that lineup. Right now, one through five is really solid. Six and seven can be. Uh, we have to get it has to be proven to us through Kyle Stowers, and then Frazier and Mateo. Mateo is not a bat; he's a glove, but that glove can provide value. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> They almost might be running into the same problem as the Dodgers. I mean, teams that have very good farm systems run into the issue of where can we slot in the young guys and where can we find where can we find the uh, talent that's coming up? Where, where can we find room to put them? There's guys that we're going to talk about in a second that might have the chance to come up this season. And there's guys that even aren't on this list that I also want to talk about because there's so many prospects on this team, even more so than the Dodgers probably. This team has such a deep farm system, but – First, we got to talk about the bench really quick. Uh, James McCann's coming off the bench. Ramon Urias, Taryn Vavra. I've never, never heard of that guy. And then you got Ryan McKenna. Oh, yeah. said the bench. Yeah, oh, shoot, we're, we're good gonna... though. You're good. Okay, no, okay. it's fine. It's okay. fine. Uh, so James McCann, solid. Ramon Urias won a Gold Glove last year, and now he's a bench player. Yep. He's just not good enough bat. No. <sighs> not at all. I mean, I think Jorge Mateo is. Probably, well, he's a little better offensively and does just as good a job um, out at shortstop. So, and then, do you do you got anything on Taron Vavra, Brad? Or 
Uh, utility player, young kid, not great. Um, role player. Uh, you know, hey, every team every needs team, role players. Every, every team needs a role player, and uh, maybe maybe he'll make a name for himself in Baltimore. And I think I think Tom's definitely gonna keep an eye on this kid. Uh, and then Ryan McKenna. <laughs> Tom, do you, Tom, what do you think about Ryan McKenna? I mean, this is a spot that should probably be going to one of the younger guys. I, I mean, there there's so many guys. Brad, just can we just go into the prospect central so I can just branch into all the guys that I wanted to talk about? Okay, so you got it. There's there's obviously the big guys in, in Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, as we talked about, has the tools to be one of the best players in baseball, one of the best pitchers in baseball, averaging 97 on his fastball in spring training. Um, and then before his injury in June of 2022, he allowed 48 base runners in 56 innings pitch. That is insane. That is dominance. Um, and I mean, even if he's his injured himself, he's still a middle of the line starter. It's just if he's healthy or not. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, a big factor for this guy. Um, but the two guys I wanted to talk about really quick were not on this list for uh, fan graphs coming up. It's Heston Kierstad. I, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but it's a guy <laughs> who went down with a heart, con- heart condition last year and came back from this heart condition and is now raking in spring training. He was a pretty high prospect two years ago before his um, heart condition. And now he's, 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 destroying baseballs in spring training brad do you think this is a guy that can make the starting roster if he continues like this no no he's never played above a ball no yeah i think he could be something i think he could be a september call up at that best yeah he he's a never played if, above a plus ball 2024 I mean, estimate i don't kind kirstad got kind of like he 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 got he got pushed back because of that um because of that uh heart injury in, yeah um so yeah heart condition so i mean he's a good story too i mean the Orioles always have good stories uh, i really I, I agree with tom i really really like him um i could i could see maybe at, at best it's a late september call-up i mean and yeah he also like, like yeah five ten games max and, and then moving on to the guys that are starting in triple a would be colton Kowser and Jordan Westbrook, those two guys are also hitting pretty well at the AAA level. I'm just not sure if they're going to get the call at the beginning of the season, obviously, but they could be a midseason call-up. Do you think that's something that they're going to start testing out midseason, Brad, If they're even if they're in contention? Mm, it depends on how those guys are playing more so, because right now they're blocked by Mullins, Hayes, and Santon Dare. That's a pretty significant group to be blocked by. Uh, I think the really only opportunity for a guy to come up and show off his bat would be if Kyle Stowers isn't doing much. Yeah, I mean, there's also room off the bench, though. I mean, guys like Taron Vavra and Ryan McKenna could probably be replaced by these guys that deserve opportunity, especially if they're hitting as well as they were before in the minors. You don't want to put prospects on the bench. You want to let them – if they're not going to play, you keep them in AAA. Yeah. I, I just want to give the young guys a chance because, as we mentioned a million times, this is kind of their season to you know test everything out. And there's so many guys coming up that I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's kind of like it's kind of like you don't. It's like the NBA, right? If like a player's like good, right, but they're not quite good enough to crack the starting rotation or even really get significant minutes in the game, you kind of put them on the G League team so they can kind of ball out there, right? I'd rather my young player get at bats and get work against AAA talent than sit on the bench and get an at bat every week. That's true. All right, you guys ready to head over to predictions? I think so. Tommy, you want to start us off? 
Oh, uh, yeah, let's go with my predictions. I feel like I probably rated them on a bit of the low. Actually, it's probably about the middle of the pack. I had them going 85 and 77. I, I feel like that almost is on the higher end for them. I feel like they might. We'll talk about their volatility in a little bit. I had their MVP being Adley Rushman. Um, obviously, best catcher in baseball second half of the season. I don't know if he continues that up for a whole season, but if he does, he is definitely their MVP. Their most important player is Grayson Rodriguez. Um, we've, already, we've already expressed our concern for his health. Uh, we hope he can make a whole season out of him. And if that is true, he probably will be a rookie of the year favorite. Uh, and there's a lot of rookie of the year favorites on this team. Um, for their Cy Young, I also had Grayson Rodriguez because I'm betting on him to get the innings he needs to win the Cy Young for this team. Um, and their breakout, I have three guys I want to talk about. Okay. Um, there's the safe pick of Gunnar Henderson, but I don't want to pick him either. Uh, there's a Ryan Mount, sorry, Ryan Mountcastle, who um, might I add had like a negative six expected home runs to regular home runs when they when they pushed that wall back in Baltimore, that screwed him over so badly. He hit so many balls to the warning track at Orioles at, at um, Camden Yards. It was it screwed him over so bad. And it, it, it just showed that he was statistically one of the most unlucky batters last season. And I really do think that he will improve drastically next season, whether that be in the power department or even getting on base more. But my pick is Anthony Santander because I think he will break out even further than he already has. I think he'll be like a dark horse MVP candidate. I think he might get some votes. He massively improved his strikeout rate, lowered his walk rate. Um, the expected stats are less than his real stats. So, I mean, sorry, expected stats are higher than his real stats. So even in a season where he went, hit 30 home runs, still managed to have expected stats better. So I think he will continue to progress forward. And I think he'll become the star of this team and kind of break out amongst the other guys. I actually like that pick. Um, for me, Adam going 84 and 78. Um, MVP, Adley Rushman. Sion, Grayson Rodriguez. Breakout, I went with the safe pick as tom says gunner henderson the most important i had as just like the young bucks is in a hole like adley rushman gation rodriguez gunner henderson how will how will these guys perform and will they show up to the expectations that we have for them i like it i'm right there with says that 84 and 78 um again 84 and 78 it's one win more than last year but it's still a good season as long as they get what they need mvp adley rushman for cy young Swerving Cole Irvin, I could see them fixing him and him being incredibly effective for this team. He's got a plus fastball. We all have heard about this like big, big sweeping curveball. What if it becomes a big sweeping slider? You know, the whole revolution that's been going on. I could see him fitting right into it. Uh, breakout Grayson Rodriguez, and most important is Adley Rutschman. I feel like that's that. I mean, we're all relatively in the same boat, so I mean. It's going to be interesting to watch this Orioles team. What do you have their ceiling as? What do you think the highest they can win? 86, 87 games? Probably. Stavis? Yeah. I'd, I'd say 87 is about the most I could give them. As a floor, I'm saying, like, oh, I don't even, like, 75. That's exactly 70, where I would be. Yeah. Around that. I was just going right to say reverse track. the record. Yeah. Valid. Yeah, and the volatility is like mid. It's not too too far to one side, too far to the other. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. But again, like this team could kind of just like flounder and not really develop, and it'd still be a middle pack team. Or it could take a good stride and be, you know, a contending playoff team going for a six spot in that wild card. The team last year that went out and did take the sixth seed in that wild card spot was the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm excited to talk about them because I have a hot take about them. 
and I think that they're a good team. Last year, it, they kind of just they kind of fell flat last year. In all honesty, like the postseason, they made it and they kind of just got stumped by the Guardians. I don't even know if that's the right word. There was no offense in that series. There was a ridiculously quick game, then a fifteen inning game. Uh, they were injury plagued; like everyone was injured, and the Rays couldn't fully ray. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to ray without you know, these key guys, I mean, and these key guys are guys that come out of nowhere too. Um, but I don't think I, I wouldn't be unsatisfied as a Rays fan. I think that's still a good season considering, I mean, what you're putting into this. Um, but obviously the expectation is a lot higher this season. Stubbs, what do you think? I mean, the Rays are just a team that always baffle me. I never understand how they do so well. They always bring out guys from out of nowhere. Um, and, and, it, and it ends up working for them. Right. So I, I mean, I think they, I think they have the ability to do it again. I mean, they're already, they're already down again. Tyler Glasnow's out. Um, how long is he out for, Brad? Do you six to eight weeks? All right, so he should, he should be back. Um, he should be back for a large majority of the season, hopefully. Um, and when he does come back, hopefully he pitches at a high enough level, right? Um, but it, I think injuries are definitely the, the issue for for this team and I think they're going it's going to continue to be an issue for this team. Uh do you want me to go over their offseason moves? Sure. All right. Uh so they lost Cole Calhoun. He heads to the Mariners. Matt Moore heads to the Angels. They ended up trading G Man Choi to the Pirates for Jack Hartman. And they traded Brooks Rally to the Mets for Keyshawn Askew. Um and they get Zach Eflin on a three year forty million dollar deal. That was really their only big addition. That was the that, biggest expanded... signing in team history. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but outside of that, they extended Jeffrey Springs four years, thirty-one million. Extended Pete Fairbanks three years, twelve million. And extended Andy Diaz three years, twenty-four million. Failures kind of kept on and extended a lot of their guys. Outside of that, they made a splash in Zach Eflin for three years, forty million dollar deal. I, I mean, that's a raise off season right there. I mean, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna get more than four moves from them, really. I mean, they just they they do it. With the least money available, with the least money uh, possible, while also doing it in the least moves possible, I, I think it's gonna work. I don't know. I like this raised team a lot. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm gonna go to the rotation really quickly. We've got Shane McClanahan at the helm, a healthy Tyler Glass now at the two. Right now, he's not there right now. So it's Drew Rasmussen, who had a really good late season breakout last year. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is their three. Zach Eflin, who with the raised hands on him could become a solid two or three and Luis Patino right now is their five, but he's going to get bumped out once glass now is healthy. And he's still a prospect with a lot of potential. So right now that, that rotation has the ceiling of a top five and is already top 10 ceiling of top five in baseball. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little disappointed in uh, Luis Patino a little bit. I mean, you know, coming up as one of the best prospects in baseball, only 23 years old though. Um, was supposed to be one of the best. He has not been very effective. And by not very effective, I mean absolutely horrible. But uh, there is some potential there. I mean, there's a lot of potential there. He's very young, and he's also in the race organization. I just hope this breakout happens eventually. I mean, they also got Shane Boz, who is also injured. Uh, he's pretty electric as well. Um, so there's a lot of – I feel like they're prepared for when injury does strike because I am a little concerned about Tyler Glass. Now, even when he does come back from injury, he is a guy that gets injured once a week. So – I think having replaceable guys out there is 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 a good thing for this rotation. Um, I definitely think 
I'm just I'm just interested to see how this all shakes out for them. I I think I'm just I'm scared for for the injuries, and I I know the Rays will work it out. I'm just I'm I am worried about the injuries from even from top to bottom. In all honesty, um, their bullpen though that consists of Pete Fairbanks, at Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Colin Poach, Ryan Thompson, Garrett Clevenger. Trevor Kelly and Kevin Kelly. They also have Andrew Kittredge and Sean Armstrong. Uh, yeah, those two guys are injured. Colin Poche. Um, Sorry, Brad. I can't <laughs> pronounce words. <laughs> no, the, it was the colon for me. Um, it's a raised bullpen. We know it's going to be really, really good. It, there's no argument. Like, Stevs doesn't know this guy, I'm assuming, given your pronunciation of this name of his name, right? Uh, not really well, no. Not okay. to know his name, sorry. 94th percentile in average, expe- or average exit velocity, 94th percentile in hard hit rate, 82nd percentile in chase rate. It's a raised arm. Like, he, the dude is, is, is just ridiculously solid. He has an elite strikeout rate. Like, he's got a good expected ERA for a reliever. It, it's just quality after quality over and over again. And they can turn it out of the most random guys. I mean, yeah, and you're we're not we're not even talking about the dude with two first names, Jason Adam. I mean, he's very good. Um, I mean, Stevens didn't even know who he was last week, and it's like this guy just came out of nowhere. I mean, it's twenty twenty one rankings. Let's see, let's see what he got. I mean, this is I don't even know this guy just came out of nowhere. I mean, he's thirty one years old, and he just seemingly appeared the minute he got traded to the Rays uh, from the Cubs, by the way. Um, so I mean. It's just the Rays' magic, man. They can turn anyone into any. I mean, there are there are three guys in this this in this uh, bullpen that could probably be closers on any other team. Probably more, actually. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the definition of the Rays. They're gonna turn guys that you you don't really know or Stevs doesn't really know into high quality arms and are going to pitch well and do everything under the hood well and do everything over the hood just as well. Agreed, and. I think for the first time in a little while, they have a legitimate lineup. No, I mean, I they have a legitimate I... one through four. But Harold Ramir- no, look at Harold Ramirez from last year. Go take a peek at that. Go look at Isak Paredes. I'm taking a I mean, peek. I'm taking a peek. I think we talked about it. And I think, Brad, you, you, I think we both kind of agree that this is their best team that they've had in what the last like half decade. Possibly. Like, it, it's probably up there. Is that under the 2020 team? Yeah, it's 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 one of those two. Yeah, like the Rays just find ways to get the absolute value out of people, and that's what you need from a team. And the Rays on a low budget can get names like Harold Ramirez, who is an absolute nobody, and make him effective. You know, he hit three hundred last year. You know, batting average loses its meaning nowadays, but still hitting three hundred, that has value. Like. No matter what else, 300 batting average is very effective nowadays. You look, Christian Bethancourt, Jose Siri at the bottom of that lineup, it's not as strong at the bottom. But when you have a sufficient one through seven with a really good bullpen and a pretty good starting rotation, it's a pretty well-rounded team. Yeah, I mean, Paredes is, is someone that kind of developed his plate approach pretty significantly in one season. I mean, he still doesn't really have like a crazy hit tool, but he's walking more than ever. He's not striking out that often. He doesn't swing and miss that often. And he also provides a good glove. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty valuable guy to have in your lineup, whether or not he's actually hitting or not. 
Yeah. Says you got any guys in this lineup that stand out to you? I mean, no, I mean, it's it's top to bottom. It's good. Like, you can't even, I don't think you can really argue about that, right? I think um, I kind of want to see a little more from Randy Rosarina because um, I think it's just from his, 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 like, we all say that he's, like, out of this world, like, crazy, like, when we talk about him. And he's very, very clutch. But, like, his, his over-the-top stats aren't uh, incredible, right? And I think I want to see him take, that next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it. I, I definitely think he can. I think he will, especially with a top to bottom lineup like this around him. I like it. Yeah. I mean, we talk and about it, we talk about a razor a Rosarena um with his alarmingly high caught stealing rate, which is what <laughs> helps him, you know, steal bags. But he still does have this this power tool, and I think he could be a 30-30 threat in the future, if not next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple, as Brad always says, there's a couple thump bats in this lineup that could provide some offense. And I think Randy Rosarena is probably the, the thump in this lineup, if not Yeti Diaz, probably. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that. Um, I think we all know my distaste for Brandon Lowe. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to, to watch You him gotta play. be yeah. messing with us, Stevs. You yes. gotta be messing with us. Um, but I'm excited to watch him play and, and. I'm excited to see him prove me wrong, right? I mean, every time I watch the Rays, I I, I forget about Brandon Lau. I, like just because he was been he's been gone a season. Well, gone as in like he wasn't as he's good, and he was hurt. But like he was very good. He was the difference maker in this lineup. He he could be the reason why they win the AL East. I don't know if Brad has him winning the AL East, but that seems like a Brad take. No, but I, I did I, for a little bit, and then Tyler Glass now got hurt. Yeah, that's a that's a big hit. I that's mean, a big hit there. he could he could come back and he could be one hundred percent healthy for the rest of the season, right? But but that's May. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just too risky to have that. Yeah, and as you'll hear about like next episode when we talk about the Yankees, I was really high on them, and then they have two players who are going to be out for the month of May, and a whole month of baseball is you know a fifth of the season. Yeah, and so with that, they're going to have to call up some prospects. Uh, it looks like Curtis Mead might get the opening day call. He's got all field power. His like ceiling comp is Evan Longoria, which is a pretty good comp, especially for the Rays. Uh, he's got a better than major league average chase rate. His defense is not good. And he had an arm injury in 2022, which probably restricts him from playing infield this year. Uh, he's going to be a DH on left field specifically for this year, but maybe he'll, you know, heal. Uh, and they got Taj Bradley, who we've seen a little bit. We saw him in the futures game last year, and he was actually kind of the standout for me in that game. Uh, on the pitching side, at least. Uh, fastball plays up to 99, a very good walk percentage, only 6%, and he has a 71% strike percentage on his fastball. His curveball is currently his best pitch. The splitter has a ceiling for it, and he might be a, a September call-up this year. I mean, considering their luck with starting pitching and injuries, do you think it's possible that he does get called up before that happens? You know, like a you know glass now falls again, someone else falls. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very possible. I think Taj Bradley could be a difference maker. I don't think, I think it's less of you know testing out the young guy, more like we need we need someone to step up, and I think Taj Bradley will be that guy. Agreed. Um, I I, I think I I, I just, I'm just excited to watch this Rays team. I mean, I, they turn the most random people into stars, and if they actually have players that look like they are going to be good, and you put that them in that lineup, then it it's just the sky's the limit. 
All right, we yeah. ready for predictions? Oh yeah, Brad, Tom. you get us off. You got the hottest one, I, I think. I don't think it's that hot because it's reasonably foreseeable. I have them going ninety three and sixty nine. Like the Rays team that wasn't good and wasn't healthy won eighty six games. The Rays team that was healthy won a hundred games. And what's the middle ground of that? Ninety three, perfectly in the middle. And I think it's a competitive AL East. They've got to play everyone in baseball, so there's going to be some ups and downs from that. Um, and I think it kind of falls on the shoulders of an MVP, Wander Franco, for their MVP, not like the MVP, their MVP being Wander Franco, Shane McClanahan picking up right where he left off, their Cy Young, a Zach Eflin breakout. Um, and it is important to have your star in Wander Franco. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. Got a raise at 92 and 70. You know, that's one below Brad. Got their MVP as Wander Franco as well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not shocking either. Their most important player had a Tyler Glass now. He has to be healthy for an entire season. That is such a difference maker for them. Um, I mean, starting pitching is just so hard to come by now, I guess, uh, for this race team especially. Well, not actually, but like, you know, having a healthy guy. Um, so Tyler Glass now, 150 innings would be very useful for them. Cy Young got Shane McClanahan, though. If he can repeat what he did last year, obviously he'll be the Cy Young. For the breakout idea, Andy Diaz, and I'm not just saying like a breakout, like he's been a contact hitter his whole career, but he with the exit velocity that he has, he should be more of like a power hitter. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking he has like a, a power hitting offensive breakout, and he maybe goes for like 25 home runs. Interesting. Um, I never like that. Uh, I was a little lower, 90 and 72. Um, MVP, Wander Franco, Cy Young, Shane McClanahan. Most important, Tyler Glass now, and I had their breakout as Randy Rosary, and I kind of want to see him, and I think he will take that step into, like super superstardom in a sense. Uh, that not just like postseason superstardom, like year round superstardom. But like, in what aspects of his game do you think are gonna like, become wanna, that? I'm trying. Hold on, let me look at stats. Um, I want to like I want to see his average be up a couple more clicks. OPS definite. I want to see. I kind of want to see his like his twenty 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 average twenty twenty average like a two eighty one average, um, and more of a eight fifteen OPS around there, like for an entire season. Um, and then obviously I, you need the stolen base numbers to kind of average out. So not like steal a thousand bags and get caught half the time. I'd rather him, like balance those numbers out a little more and make it like 30 out of you know 40 times and try and get that depending on base base a thousand times would be pretty good so i think that would really help their ceiling um a fully functioning raised team which it's already not is probably like a hundred hundred two win team they're not because tyler glass now is not going to be there to fully function so with that i'll put them at 99 yeah i think 99 is fair i i think 99 is definitely fair and their floor, though. I think floor 85 be, floor. I was going to say 84, 85. Brad, so kind of what we saw from last season. That's where I was kind yeah. of going for. It was like last season was kind of like everything went wrong because everything did go wrong. And they still made the playoffs. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would definitely say 84, 85. All right. And then for their volatility, we got another mid-team. Yeah. Like the Rays are gonna ray. We even saw with like the most injuries of baseball. I think at one point they had eighteen pe- people on the on the IL last year. Like that was the most in baseball by any like by any team, and they still made the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Rays are a very quality organization who 
it has a financial constraint and they play around it. They have a best bullpen in baseball, time in, time out, and they can develop stars around them. Is it finally the time where Wander Franco finally has that full MVP season? We're going to see really soon. We're two weeks away from opening day, two weeks exactly. And I am quite excited for it. If you guys are, you can go sure to check out all the other episodes we've released. You can hit the subscribe button and check out all the ones we're going to release. If you want to interact with us at all, all social media links will be in the description below. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Stay- Woo!